I feel discouraged And why should the shadows come? Why does my heart feel lonely And long for heaven and home When Jesus is my a constant friend is he, his eye is on the sparrow, but I know he watches. watches over you? Church family, if I may, testing one, two, <clears throat> church family, amen. Thank God for microphones. 
Amen. I would prefer using this one, but I think that it would cause too much time to try to make sure it's working and put on me properly. So we'll just deal with the hand mic. Um, but I'm elated to be standing before you. And as I say elated, I'm elated. I mean that I'm elated that the Lord still believes in me. You know, it's not, uh, it's not taken for granted when you stand, and I always say it whenever you stand in the pulpit. When you stand here, we're held accountable. I need an amen this morning. We're held accountable. This is not a place where we stand to be revered personally or to have some type of self-aggrandizement. But it's about trying to make sure, if I say nothing, that someone is saved this morning, Pastor. That someone comes to the Lord this morning. That's what this is all about. So at this time, I ask if you would please turn with me again to your Bibles in the book of Luke. Turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. In chapter 15. The book of Luke in chapter 15. In verse 25. When you have it, say amen. amen. Say amen again. Amen. I will read in your hearing. Now his older son... And my Bible is a bit different from yours, but now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come home. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. These many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed or commandment, your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. Anybody know what that sounds like? But as soon as this son of yours came, who has defiled your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatty calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead, and is alive again and was lost and now is found. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads with me for just one moment as we ask God to come into this place. Father in heaven, we ask that you will not only come into this place, but we pray that you've already been here. Father, we pray that you will bless and work with me as I stand before the people. Stand as a sinner, not worthy to even speak to them. But, Father, we know with your grace and mercy you can make me my sins as white as snow and that 
Through you, someone can be saved with a wretched sinner even like myself. So I ask for your blessing and that I be used as a vessel. Now, Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my soul be acceptable to thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the church say amen. amen. Now, I know you are familiar with the story of the prodigal son. Amen. amen. Uh, but this morning, I want to speak to you on a topic entitled the brother of the prodigal son. The brother of the prodigal son. Let me share a story with you. There was a very popular play that it was entitled Death of a Salesman. The main character is a salesman in his early 60s. His name is Willie Loman. Now, Willie has worked but has never really made it big. Anybody know what I'm talking about? As a matter of fact, not long before retirement, Willie is having a hard time paying his bills. Have mercy. Have mercy. The son of man, the son of a man that Willie has worked for for more than 30 years is now in charge of the company. Now, the new boss had made Willie travel more and has taken, taken him off his base salary and now Willie is working on commission. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm familiar with commission jobs. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you don't sell, you don't make no money. Oh, what a tragedy it would be if uh, God's grace was like commission, Pastor Rock. Oh, what a tragedy it would be if that grace was like commission. Have mercy. Now, Willie is also most at his, almost at his breaking point. Willie is also, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people are like Willie because of poor planning, poor money management. We come to a point sometimes in our lives and in our careers where we're about to retire and there's no financial assistance, nor is there financial stability there. Now, but Willie sees and talks with this person from his past, one person that he talks with because the play is dealing with his older brother. So one of these persons he talked with is his older brother. His older brother's name is Ben. Now, Ben recently died. Are you with me, church? At the age of 17, his brother Ben had set out for Alaska to find their father who had left them many years ago. Now, Ben wanted Willie to go with him, but Willie would not go. Interestingly, by accident, Ben got on a ship, went to Africa, and after a few months there, actually discovered diamonds. Ben made a fortune in four years. Ben made a fortune in four years. Now, of course, you know Willie was a bit upset. Oh, I should have gone with my brother. Ben had left home, and he had done well. Now, when Ben appears on the stage, Willie longs to talk with him the way he never could talk with his father. Willie goes on with this empty feeling that he has stayed at home, worked hard all his life, and has nothing and no appreciation for what he has done. Do you know anybody like that? Anybody has worked many years and have no appreciation for what they have done. 
Perhaps it has to do with what they were first working for. Amen. You know, I, I, I thought about this comment, but sometimes we have to make it plain, Pastor Rock. Now, I can't speak to what Pastor Rock position is as far as his work for the, as far as his work for the Lord. I can't speak to that, and I dare not try to do that. But I can say in all reality, based on what I've seen and what I know, that he's been working a long time. Now, if that work that he has been doing for all these years, as long as I say it, I need to add some numbers to it, like 40, 50, 50 years or more, if those 50 years if those 50 years had to do with some type of self-aggrandizement, I submit to Pastor Rock that he's in trouble. Do you understand what I'm saying? If after 50, 60 years of serving the Lord and doing God's work and going out into the vineyard and sitting back waiting for someone to lift him up and praise him and have a Pastor Rock day, I submit to him he will be sorely, sorely disappointed. Church, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, that has nothing to do with what I know he has going on inside him. But I want to make it plain that when you work, and your work has to do with how it lifts you up, then you got a problem. Now, as we look at the prodigal son's brother, many of us are very familiar with the story of the, the son who left home. Let's finish examining the life of the prodigal son. You know what? The prodigal son who left home, it's easy to look at him, to look down on the young reckless son of the father, to belittle those who waste their possessions, amen? To, uh, so often we can see the equally deadly sins in our own lives, even the lives of those who are right next to us. We can see what's wrong with everybody. But in this parable, the elder brother, however, is representative of self-righteous leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees who stayed in their places as far as responsibility. They were outwardly faithful in their service, but were inwardly filled with hate, greed, contempt for God and his creation. Jesus here is painting the picture of an attitude behind the heart. Help me, somebody. An attitude behind the heart. Even if a man has insight, knowledge, faith, and human kindness, and has not love, he has accomplished nothing. Let me say it again. Even if a man has insight, knowledge, faith, and human kindness, but has not loved, he has accomplished nothing. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 13 and 13, we must abide faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. That's why I wonder sometimes, we're not going to talk about abundant life, I'm going to talk about a, a church that somewhere else. I sometimes wonder how easy it is to come into God's house and have a problem with everybody in the house. I'm sorry, I got to just try to preach God's word. How can you come in God's house, a place that 
many, many leaders have constantly talked about God's goodness and God's love and God's pity and God's mercy and God's grace. And yet we walk in God's house and we got a problem with somebody in God's house. This is not what God expects of us. The prodigal son's brother. You see, love makes us sometimes put down the church manual and cry out for a wayward soul with this Bible. That's what love does. Love says, I know what the manual says, but let's check out what God says. That's what love does. Love says, let us love without hypocrisy. This brother, come here for a moment. This brother here. Let us love without hypocrisy. Not me coming into God's house one morning or every morning and saying to him, happy Sabbath, happy Sabbath, and still got a dagger in his back. <laughs> happy Sabbath, brother, O.D. Happy Sabbath. Love loves without hypocrisy. Without hypocrisy, thank you, brother. Let love without, love without hypocrisy. Love dictates behavior. Love is the exercise of what's called agape love. I know you know what I'm talking about. That's that self-sacrificial love. Love that makes you love the unlovable. Do you hear me speaking to you this morning? Love that makes you love the unlovable. Whether whatever committee you might be on. Now, if you think these are my words, I want to make sure you write down Romans. Because we're speaking God's word. Romans. In chapter 12, you read Romans chapter 12 and it speaks to what I'm talking about. You make sure when you go home, you take time to read Romans chapter 12. But that type of love, agape love, that says love the unlovable. The type of love that says regardless of whether you agree or disagree on any committee in this church or any church, any place. Love says that I can work with you because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not die but have everlasting life. So can't we love one another even when we disagree? Jesus never approved of sins, of indulgence, and fleshly pleasures, yet he treated all sinners with pity. All sinners were treated with pity, treated with pity. Jesus was much more harsh and impatient with his judgment on those God had called his chosen people. Oh, that's, that's tough. You know, he said who would be judged first when he the remnant church would be judged first when he come. And God, God has called his chosen people, his spiritual leaders, his blessed people who would bless others. The word of God said, for the Lord will judge his people and repent himself for his servants when he seeth that their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. These religious people had continued to carry out their religious functions. They remained at home like the prodigal son's brother. They had done their duty like the prodigal son's brother. They were near the father. Have mercy. They were near the father, but did they know the father? Come on now. Are some of us near the father, but do we know the father? They were filled with jealousy. Do you know what I'm talking about, somebody? 
They were filled with anger. Do you know what I'm talking about, somebody? They were filled with pride. Do you know what I'm talking about, somebody? They were filled with indifference toward others and toward each other. Those who may not serve the Lord like we think they should serve the Lord, you turn your nose up at them. But the Lord said, I, when I come, every knee shall bow. And none of us can determine which of us are going to make it into the kingdom. It's going to be some people that's, that's going to surprise you. Have mercy. Did you hear me? But looking with indifference on others, they were actually almost completely these people out of touch with God. They fail to carry out, carry out God's desires in many instances. You know, when you're close to somebody and you think you know them. It reminds me, and I know somebody can attest to this one. When you raise children, and some of them make such dreadful, idiotic decisions, you ask yourself, is that my child? I thought I know, knew him. I thought I knew her. Many conceive themselves as not being similar to the prodigal son. However, let us examine sin in somewhat a different form this morning. There were two sons in the parable, the prodigal son who left home and the respectable, hardworking, religious son who stayed at home, the brother of the prodigal son. These two sons were a representative of the two kinds of people we may find any and everywhere today. There are the self-centered, arrogant types who are always climbing, ignoring God's teachings, and stepping thoughtlessly on others to get to the top. Did you hear me? Yeah. Self-centered, arrogant, stepping on anybody to get to what they think is the top. But I don't know what ladder they're climbing because I want to climb Jacob's ladder. But anyway, but they're climbing somewhere to go someplace that they may not really want to go there. The word of God says in 2 Corinthians, in what book, people? The word of God says in 2 Corinthians, in verse 10, in chapter 10, in verse 12, those who measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves among themselves are not wise. What, what does that mean? Well, I did this and I did that. Well, I did this and I did that. Did you know? That I put this here and I was the one who was behind this and I should be getting this award and I, 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 I. Have mercy. We need to think about that. And the other, and there's a the prodigal son's brother, the elder brother, the contemporary Pharisees of today. They appear to do all the things right, but they do them for the wrong reasons. Come on now, somebody help me. They appear to do all the right things, but they do them for the wrong reason. They do good to expect good. They say praise the Lord so they can be praised. They say hallelujah so you can see how loud they can say it. Now we're not, we're not making mockery of, of how you praise the Lord. That's personal. We're not making mockery of that. You see, it's just like an excellent preacher can preach a sermon such that it has such charisma that it could make anyone stand and shout. But I submit to you have that preacher, has, has he served the flock? Did you feed the hungry? Did you tend to the needy? Did you comfort those who needed comforting? 
That's what we have to deal with. That's what we have to deal with. You see, the, par- the pharisaical elder brother is just as selfish and egotistical as the prodigal son. Think about that, because we talk about the prodigal son all the time. He is just as arrogant and, and, and egotistical as the, as the elder brother. Now listen at this. All of his religiosity, righteousness, and discipline are premeditated with the intent of gaining recognition for himself and what he wants in life. Yes, he stayed at home with his father. Yes, he did. Yes, he was physically near his father. Yes, he worked extremely hard every day while at home. Yes, he even obeyed his father outwardly. But emotionally, he was gone from his father in a far a far country, just as his younger brother was already gone. He was right there, but gone anyway. You see, rather than taking the risk of going away from the father, the elder brother stayed at home. He stayed at home, played it safe while cunningly plotting on how he could use his father and get even more for himself. Hmm. Now, now, this is interesting, though, to say he stayed at home to make it safe. You know I have to go here. And some of them just won't leave home, Pastor. <laughs> I, I try to teach my son. I tell him now, early, look, son, this ain't your house. You just, you just here for a little while. I, I really do. I tell them. You just here for a little while. Because I don't want them to get too comfortable. Have mercy. But God says in 1 Peter 4 and 11, whatever we do is to be done as of the ability which God giveth. 1 Peter says, whatever we do is to be done as of the ability which God giveth. And Colossians says, it admonishes, whatever we do, it is done heartedly as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance For ye serve the Lord Christ. You see, a man may be extravagant and wasteful in his heart, just as he can be in his body. It reminds me before I got saved of this song that goes, your body is here with me, but your mind is on the other side of town. Anybody ever heard that one? Have mercy. I know I ain't the only one I've been in. Have mercy. Thank God for grace in saving us. But see, from from this parable, it seems that we conclude that the younger son was prodigal in body. He went to a far country and recklessly wasted his possessions and his body. Yet his heart never completely left home. Amen. The word of God says, train up a child in the way you will have them to go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let's take a closer look at the prodigal son. He is the one who we didn't spend much time on. But the brother of the prodigal son was prodigal in heart. He was never really loyal to his father. His heart was centered on wealth. Do you hear me, church? His heart was centered on the land that he would get. The brother of the prodigal son was at home in body alone, but not in spirit. His heart was, again, reckless. His heart was, again, wasteful. He never really accepted or returned his father's love. In the true essence, both sons went away from their father. Both sons were self-centered. 
Is anybody getting this? One was overt and one was covert. The other, the covert, was secretive and stayed with his father. Now, I don't know about you, but I would rather deal with the covert. I, I, I mean the overt, rather. I, I, I want to know what's going on. You know, I, I, I say, uh, and this is no disrespect to people who are considered quiet, whatever that might mean. But I do sometimes get a little scared of people that just never say nothing. I'm just being honest. People just never say nothing. And you know, unless they can't talk, but if they can talk, and they just never say nothing, it makes me wonder. Cause see, you know, biologically, the mind has to be working. Something's going on in their mind. I, I need to know what they're thinking, cause <laughs> You know, I'm right here beside them, and they all don't know what they're thinking. So I would rather deal with the overt brother, one of the prodigal sons, the overt brother. What was troublesome about the brother of the prodigal son is that the same thing that continues to plague many religious people today. It is apparent that this brother was ungrateful, and there was a lack of gratitude and thankfulness. He was not thankful for his father's companionship. He actually longed to be rid of him. Did you hear me? He wanted to get rid of his father. He did not appreciate that his father had provided a home, food, clothing, a successful family business to work and eventually inherit. The psalmist informs us, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and unto his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. And Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians to thank God without ceasing. And when I think about this, when you have people who want their fathers and parents to move on so I can get into business, and there are some parents out there, there are some business people out there who did not have the schooling that some of you may have had or that I may have had or that others have had, and yet they can successfully run a business because of wisdom for God for 30 years, and you take over the business for one year, and it fails. And you got a Ph.D., you got a degree in economics, you got a degree in all kinds of finances, and yet you can't manage the money. Why? Those old people who could not read, some of them, but they knew how to call on the name of Jesus. They knew how to call on the name of Jesus. Doesn't it remind you of people as it relates to being ungrateful? A mother or a father who comes home and says to a child, I've stopped by the store and picked you up some, they call them Snickers or sneakers or tennis shoes. What do they call them today? Snickers. I've stopped by and I've bought you some new shoes. And the, the child says, what kind do you have? And they see them and they say, I don't want those. Those are not space jams. Ungrateful. And my son reminded me, because I said, those are not Space Jam, and they're $175, and yet you got a struggling parent trying to pay for Space Jam. And my son said to me, Daddy, they're not $175, they're a little more expensive, they're like $300. I said, what? $300 for a pair of shoes. Pastor, 
a pair of shoes that are made in sweatshops where people are paid below a dollar a day to manufacture some material goods that make us feel good only momentarily. And yet, children get upset. I brought you something to eat. What is it? If it's not Zaxby's or Crystal's, I don't want it. Fast food has messed us up. Struggling parents trying to provide everything for a child. Some kids don't realize, even adults, do you know that food didn't come from checkers? The way you think it, you think everything comes from checkers or crystals or some store or some, some little house out there that has been created that's storing all this processed food. Food comes from the earth. When God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the earth yielding seed, and the fruit tree yield fruit of its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, food comes from God. Let the earth bring forth living creatures after his kind, cattle and creeping things. Every creeping thing, every creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after his kind. Every winged fowl after his kind. God is the sole provider, people. Yet you can take a teenager and even some older folk and put them in a room with a bag of soybeans and a live chicken and they'll starve to death. Because they don't know the chicken was plucked first. It's the truth. You think I'm kidding? Ask some of your kids where green beans come from. They'll tell you a can. It comes from the ground. Simplistic, but valuable. The prodigal son's brother, ungratefulness, was surpassed by self-righteousness. He had not only called himself a hardworking servant to his father, but he had also said that he had never disobeyed any of his father's commandments. There's not much room for improvement if a man or a woman who thinks he or she has arrived with all the virtues and answers. The religion he professed, like that of the Pharisees, was one of legalism. Not so much legalism in a positive action, but one observing many thoughts. and many, Not thoughts, but any thou shalt not. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't do this and you don't do that. Legalism. I'm glad Jesus sent his son to down the cross for me. Because you know what? If God were to deal with us like he had to deal with, if he, if he did us like Moses, he said, in order to study the Sabbath, or in order to bring the Sabbath in every Friday night, Elder Holiday, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go in your front room. I want you to make me a, a tabernacle right there. And I want it to be bronze. I want it to be silver. And I want it to be gold. And I want you to make a holy place, a most holy place, and I want it right on the left-hand side, and I want it in this very corner. I want it right there. And I want to make sure that in everything you do, you make sure when you pray, you're facing the most holy place. And you, again, you, and then he also talked about colors. You make, make sure you have purple, so forth and so on. See, God was very, 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 very picky in what he wanted. But if God wanted all that from us, could we decide or could we study the Sabbath on Friday night if we had to do all that? We could, but would we? But because he sent Christ to die for us, there are so many things we don't have to do, and I'm happy about that. Aren't you happy? Yeah. I'm happy about that. If he tells me to go kill an innocent lamb, I'm happy that I don't have to do that. 
Thank God for Jesus on the cross. Have mercy. But the legalism that many are dealing with, the final and most pervasive problem of the prodigal son's brother was that he was, that he was loveless. He was what? Loveless. What he had been hiding for years surfaced when his brother came home. Did you hear me? What he had been hiding for years surfaced when his brother came home. He was so wrapped up in himself, his own greed and thoughts, that he had no time or place for his own family. When there is no love, a person may cover his self-righteous ingratitude with piety. Hmm. The disarming aspect of the parable is that if someone would please come play, the disarming aspect of this parable is that many prodigal sons are condemned while many elder brothers of the prodigal son wind up being emulated. We must be on guard and pray that we are not dominated by such attitudes that will cause us to be self-centered and prodigals in heart. If we feel that we are immune to such attitudes, then we have already acquired a great deal of self-righteousness. Now I know church at some point in our lives, during this Christian journey, we have been hurt, amen? We have been wounded, disappointed, feeling undervalued, And sometimes because of ourselves, we feel so proud about our own work, what we've done or what we think we have done. We become frustrated when you're serving the Lord in this house or in any house, in any house of the Lord. And you know you're working so much. And sometimes you feel unappreciated. Can I get an Amen. But when that happens, you should remember that we are still sons and daughters of God. That we are still in this house. I would rather be in here than to be out there. Can anybody agree with me? I would rather be in here, in this hospital right here than to be out there in that hospital out there. God assures us that we don't have to be perfect or better than the person sitting next to us to be loved. Amen? The father told his son that he loved him and that his son had by inheritance what was rightfully his. The prodigal son's brother who was upset that you are killing the fatty calf and that you're having such a party for the brother that's coming home. The father assured him, what I have is yours. I submit to you, church, and the word of God says you cannot work your way into heaven. Did you hear me? You cannot work your way into heaven. It doesn't matter how many years you've served on this committee, how much you've done, 
how many accolades you may get, how many accolades you want, how many accolades will come. It does not matter. It is only through the grace of God that you will be saved. In fact, if we were saved by our works, a lot of us would just stop working. We could. Because I submit some of us, many of us are doing a wonderful job in God's vineyard. Amen. Many of us are doing a wonderful job in God's vineyard. But let's always remember, like the prodigal son's brother, let's not harbor within our hearts deceitfulness toward our brothers and sisters or anyone, anyone who is serving the Lord. And for whatever reason we feel that they may be getting some recognition from the Father or whatever it may be, there's no need. Because when God comes again, whatever we have hidden, whatever the one who stands in front of you get the recognition for, when the Lord comes again, it will be, it will be, and it shall be, it shall be shown clearly that what you think ain't what you see. Amen? At this time, I want to ask if everyone would just stand with me. If you would just stand with me. Let us please, let's bow our heads and I want everyone to pray a silent prayer. And we want to pray for someone out there who wants to come home. If there's someone who wants to come home who may have ceased to come into the Lord's house as he or she has been doing in the past but wants to come back home wants to commit him or herself back to the Lord we want to ask that that person please walk down front please please walk down front now let's pray church silent prayers talk to the Lord because there is someone who needs the Lord this morning there is someone who needs the Lord this morning And every chance is not given, so pray, church. If there's someone who wants to come back home, please walk down front. Pray, church, if there's someone who wants baptism, if you want to give your life to the Lord, this is your opportunity. God is calling on you. Please come down front. Express publicly how you love the Lord. To some, it may be the most difficult walk they take, but it will be the most important walk in your life. So let's pray a silent prayer. Let's give, give the Lord a moment. Let's not rush it. Someone needs to give his or her heart to the Lord this morning. If there's someone who wants Bible studies, if you want someone to meet with you and study the word of God with you, please walk down front.
We don't want to leave anyone out. If you want someone to study the word of God with you, please walk down front. We want to know who you are because God loves you and so do we. Is there one this morning? Is there one? Continue to pray, church. Satan doesn't like it when we do it like this. Continue to pray, church. Is there one who needs Bible study this morning? Father in heaven, we come to you this morning. We come and we ask that you will continue to work with us. Father, if we have attitudes like the prodigal son's brother, please remove them from us. Father, we pray that you will bless us that we may look upon one another with love, care, and adoration for each other. Father, we pray that there will be no, nothing inside of us that causes us to distrust or to mistreat our brothers and sisters. Father, we pray and thank you for abundant life and for the family here. We pray that you will continue to be with us until you return again. And Father, we pray that when we look up into the clouds of heaven and when we see you coming in glory, that we will be in that number to go home with you. In Jesus' name I pray, let the church say, Amen. may be seated. I say amen. What do you say? Amen. I've heard sermons on the prodigal son. I've heard sermons on the prodigal father. But I think in all my years, that's the first time I've heard a sermon on the prodigal son's brother. And I won't soon forget that. It's good to have a preaching principle preaching principle. I'm a godly man. A spiritual man to lead our children and youth and to develop our school. Thank you so much, Principal Holliday, and I want you and your wife and all of our teachers, Sister Stevenson, thank you for the messages and song today as well. Thank you. To know that we love you and appreciate you and are happy for the influence that you're having in our family. Shall we all stand together now as we look to the Lord to be dismissed. Our Father in heaven, thank you for the word.